On this week's preview show, I will break down the eight-man semifinal games as well as the mailbag questions you guys send in. So stay tuned. It's time for the Final Four Missouri Eight-Man Football plus the mailbag. Coming up next. All right, welcome to Strap Sports. I'm your host, Devin Albertson, recording this late Wednesday night, hopefully before uh, Coach Dean and Coach McGruder get on their uh, gift battle real quick. Um, but it should be a lot of fun. I've been ready for this week for a while. I mean, last week was just fantastic. I had to do a recap show. I did a Facebook Live right after the game was over, and I think that pretty much summed up my thoughts from the first weekend. Um, a couple of housekeeping things. Um, I feel bad for the Stanbury kids. They've lost two starters now to injury. Uh, looks like the Martic kid's out, and uh, Austin Swayback, their quarterback, is also out. Uh, Swayback, from what I heard, is a broken foot. So that's a huge loss for them. He's a d- dynamic athlete back there, a pretty good defender as well. Um, and they're going to miss his playmaking out of the quarterback position. They're going to need that versus North Andrew. Uh, the McQuinn kid is a freshman. He came in, played well versus EA in the win. But Stanbury's North Angels is a little different animal, and they get to prepare for him now. Um, and the kid is a week to prepare, so we'll see what happens there. But I think North Andrews is going to be able to load the box a little bit and kind of force Stanbury's freshman quarterback to kind of beat him a little bit. I'm not sure they're going to let Tucker Schieber um, run wild against him like he's run against a lot of teams here recently. Uh, let me get that actually pulled up with Schieber and some of his stats for this year. Because he's up to 1,200 yards rushing this year as a freshman. He's been very good. Um, down the stretch here. He had his worst game of the year versus North Andrew, 12 carries for 46 yards, about under four yards a carry. Um, that in the first EA game where he had 74 yards, about 22 carries, so three and a half yards a carry for him in those two games. Uh, but since then, I mean, he's had four straight games over 100 yards, 150 versus Worth County, 120 versus Platte Valley, 250 versus Rockport, then 150 again versus East Atchison the second time around. Um He's got six 100-yard games in the year, and they've come in the last four weeks. He also had him versus King City and Pattonsburg earlier this year. Um, he's been really good here down the stretch uh, for Stanbury. So we'll see what they can kind of do. So I'm going to start with this game first, I guess. And Stanbury, North Andrew, I think North Andrew wins this. I thought last week versus South Holt was their toughest kind of matchup left. They matched up pretty well with EA and Stanbury. Um and they were like grind out a win versus Northwest versus South Holt Nolly Holt. Uh, proud of Coach Williams for that win. Tough loss for South Holt Nolly Holt. I thought they had a chance in that last week. Um, five point win for North Andrews. They got did what they needed to do. A um, couple things are made different in this matchup than it was the first time. The first time Stanbury they were uh, missing Austin Colvin and Gavin Cameron. North Andrews missing Chittum and another player that I can't remember who is out now. Um, maybe the Wheeler kid. I can't remember who was out last game for North Andrew as well. So both teams were missing two starters. Um, I do think Colvin is the biggest impact coming into this game. The Stanbury was missing last time because he brings a physicality and a just size factor they didn't have with him out in there. He's a huge kid. He's a problem on the inside. If you guys saw the Mo Eight Man Football Facebook page, um, Trevor Johnson from Stanbury showed a video of the game when he touched down by Tucker Schieber. A great effort for him to get into the end zone, but a great block by Austin Colvin to seal on a reach block against Ian Hedlund, who's one of the better defensive linemen in the state, and did a great job with that. And that kind of just shows how much of an impact he can make on the offense and on defense. He's a load there to handle as well. So he's going to be a problem for North Andrew, but they do have Chittum back this week. He'll help a lot there, try to contain 
at Colvin as much as possible up front. And I just think North Andrews is a more complete team this year. Stanbury, I think next year is the year they're really going to make an impact next year. They're going to be a really good team going into 2021 um, for that. A couple of key stats here in this game. Um, Carson Thomas is going to go for 1,000 yards passing on the year. He's got 924 right now. We'll see if he gets to 1,000. Um, sway back at 850 before going into this game. Then he got hurt. Both had 16 passing touchdowns. So this can be a very even matchup at the quarterback position kind of going in this passing-wise. And with the sway back injury, it really hurts them. Uh, running the ball, North Andrew has two of the top six rushers and yards total for the year. Mm. Uh, Hayden Eckers right now fourth at 1,500 yards, 1,532 to be exact. And Carson Thomas at 1,359 is sixth in the state right now. Um, so they have a dynamic rushing offense. I think the Goff kid also has over 600 yards. Yeah, 659. So three rushers over 650, two over 1,300, uh, one over 1,500. It's pretty impressive there for North Andrew's rushing attack. They are very good on that. Um, and I think they're going to be able to grind enough clock here and get the win here. Should be a fun one, though. I know Dykstra is going to be at this game. Uh, Trevor Major is going to be at this game. Uh, Kane I am is going to be at the game um, with the Steinmeier kids. So that should, there should be a lot of really good uh, broadcast and media guys at this football game. It's a game where these t- two teams met for five straight championship games between the 2015, I'm sorry, 2012, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Um, four times the Edwards Jones Dome and once in Springfield. Uh, North Andrew won three of those five, and I think they win this one as well. Uh, so give me North Andrew to get the win here. But it should be a fantastic football game. And uh, I put that poll up on Twitter about who's going to win the state championship. And I think it was 45, 43% North Andrew and like 10% Stanbury. And I think with Stanbury, if they were going in this game fully healthy, I think it would be a little bit different. Um but at this point, them not being healthy, North Andrew is at this point. So just give me North Andrew to get this big dub over Stanbury. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer than that 36-6 game we saw back on October 2nd, though. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. Uh, but give me North Andrew to win by a couple touchdowns at least in this one still. Um, the game that I'm going to, going back to Ludlow again. Uh, I was there. I've been to Ludlow. It's been my third time being in Ludlow and the fifth time I've seen them this year. I saw them on the road at East Atchison, also at Jasper. So I'm at home versus South Holt, Nye Holt, and Mountain City. So I've seen a lot of Livingston this year. I got my first up-close look at Drexel since the Jamboree. So it's been a while. Uh, that was August 21st to November 13th. So it's been a while since I saw Drexel in there. I was very impressed with Drexel, watching them in person. Um, and of course, I'm going to start with the guy that kind of stirs the straw over there in Jacob Coffey. Um, second in the state in rushing yards. At 1,989, he's pretty much a 2,000-yard rusher as a sophomore now. Uh, he's just been absolutely fantastic for them this year. Um, and everyone kind of knew that going into this year. Everyone knew that he was going to be the guy at Drexel. Um, we saw him last year lead Drexel to the state uh, semifinals last year, losing to Mound City. Um, let's see, let me see if I can look at something up here. Why? Oh, sorry, I went to the wrong guys. Um so I don't remember how many yards he ran for last year. Give me one second. Let's see. I should have this propped up and ready to go here. Oh, here we go. Let's go career for Jacob Coffey. Uh, last year he ran for just under 1,500 yards, uh, about the same amount of carries. So he's averaging about 40 yards more per game this year. Doubled his touchdowns. He had 21 touchdowns last year as a freshman. He's got 42 this year. 
Um, last year he had played 12 games. He had 800 yards games. This year he's played 12. He has 1,100 yard games. He's just been fantastic this season. Um, receiving, not really that important for his game in particular because he used a lot in the play action. Um, also, defense, he's been uh, probably better this year. He had 145 tackles as a freshman last year, 26 tackles for loss. This year, 149 and 27 tackles for loss. But he's almost doubled his solo tackles. So he's less assist, more getting there first and just bringing the guy down. He's got one more sack this year than last year. So if he keeps progressing like this, him as a junior next year is just going to be a madman out there. Um, he's a very, very good football player, and he's been fun to watch. Um, it's not just that he's a he's a good athlete, first of all, but you can just tell that he gets the game spatially. Like he has good awareness. He's got he sees the cutback lanes. He sees where the angles are and everything like that. He's got good contact balance. He's a fun kid to watch in the open field. And you saw a couple times in the highlight video, he makes one cut. Stays on his feet, and he is gone. He's just a tough guy to bring down. 6'1", 175 as a sophomore. Uh, very good football player for them. I know Coach Dean's really proud of him down there, and I think he's a fantastic football player. You can tell he was playing his butt off there versus Archie. Um, so everyone knows about Jacob Coffey and how good he is. I mean, he's got over 2,000 yards total this year, 2,061 to be exact, with 45 touchdowns, what I have for the year. Um, 42 rushing, one receiving, and then two defensive touchdowns as well. He's just been fantastic for him this season. He's actually third in the state in total touchdowns, and he's number one among running backs. Uh, the only two guys ahead of him right now are actually Wes Hughes uh, for Livingston, we'll get to in a minute, and Zane Reed for Pattonsburg because it's Pattonsburg's offense, and they're just going to put up points. So we get over it. Yeah, Hughes has 74, Reed has 72, and Coffey has 45 with Muff at 42, Buchanan 41, Quinlan 37. Thomas and Damlo both at 35. So that's kind of the the range of touchdowns scored this year by total. So yeah, Jacob Coffey's really good, but other guys that don't get as much shine for Drexel. Uh, first at quarterback, Ethan Irvin. I know he got banged up a little bit there versus Archie. I think he'll be fine for this game. He's a tough kid. He has hands full all night on defense, covering you know, Hunter Yannig. Um, and they're going to need him to cover versus Southwest Livingston as well. And then offensively did a nice job getting them in their stuff, making some good passes. Um, just run the ball hard for them as well. So Irvin, he's a nice little athlete for him as well. He's a good uh, counterpiece to Coffee as well as um, Corey Compton. I will not forget your name, Corey. I talked to him a little bit after the game, and he was really he's like, you didn't know my name last year. I'm like, well, I know it this year. I uh, didn't get to see Drexel at all last year until the state semifinals. The first look I really had them last year because I was covering teams up north. Uh, but this kid, I was very impressed with him. He was the first half MVP for Drexel versus Archie. He was doing a great job running the football. He picked up a key fourth and nine, their first drive to extend it. And he also got a touchdown on that drive to cap it off to give him the first lead of the game. Um, he had a couple rushing touchdowns, a couple big plays in the air, played really good defense as well. He was just a guy that if they needed to um, – thank Coach Dean. His first gift of the night just went out. Ah, so close. Um, if they needed something to – counteract what coffee is because Drexel because Archie was focusing hard on coffee because duh so he's just a good guy to off keep him off balance similar guy with a great speed on the outside has good vision as well so Compton I was very impressed with him as well uh Caleb Mayfield up front was really good Popwell um Jaeger Sanders they have just a bunch of good athletes over there at Drexel they're well coached they have a couple things they need to sure up especially against a spread team that Livingston is going to be against them um, and tackling in space is going to be so important, especially if Neptune 
if he can be a little healthier this game and actually play a little bit. He's a load to handle on the outside there with his speed. And you've seen Wes Hughes when he scrambles out a little bit. That's something that Drexel really needs to improve on going from Archie to Southwest Livingston. Because as good as Archie's athletes are, Southwest Livingston's is just as good, if not better, on the outside there. So we'll see how that kind of matches up here. And if we go to Southwest Livingston here, before we do go to Southwest Livingston, I want to make this note real quick. So the top eight guys in the state in tackles for loss, according to Max Preps, um, eight of the nine, seven of the eight, sorry, are still playing tonight. The only one that's not is Jackson Lunsford, North, North Shelby. He has 20 tackles for loss, which is tied sixth in the state. Um, other guys up there, Winston Walker from North Andrew, 39 tackles for loss, leads the state by a mile. Coffee with 27, Linville with 22, Munter 21. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Munter, another good player there for Drexel. Uh, Jaden Sears, 21 for Southwest. Gage Sanders with 20 for Drexel. Carson Thomas with 20 for North Andrew. Then I said Lunsford earlier with North Shelby with 20. So these guys can make tackles in the backfield. They do a great job on defense. One thing with these four teams, they're all four good defensive teams. Livingston probably has the worst defense left, but they have by far the best offense. So we'll kind of see how that goes back and forth here. Um, and this one should be a lot of fun. Um, and, of course, tackles, which tackles can be kind of a thing where you just play more games, so it kind of happens like there. Uh, Clayton Linville leads the state with 182. Patrick Warren at 150. Coffee at 149. And then fifth is Sager at 138 uh, with Connor. Caden Crooker from Hughesville at 140. Um, Cheeber and Thomas also high on the list there as well uh, for Stanbury North Angel with tackle. Jaden Sears, I think he's the – leading defensive lineman in the state with 126 tackles from a DN position, just insane. Um, so he's a guy that Drexel's going to have to figure out a way to block, Jaden Sears. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and for North Shelby, sorry, for Southwest Livingston, getting them kind of going here, uh, Wes Hughes has been phenomenal for him this year. The transfer from Illinois, he's second in the state in passing yards with 3,000, just behind Zane Reed with 4,200 for Pattonsburg. He's second in passing touchdowns uh, behind Reed, 56 to 45. Uh, next closest is Buchanan from Oric with 25 passing touchdowns. So he's been extremely good in the air, but also on the ground. As I said earlier, he's got 1,137 yards rushing, so just over 100 yards a game. Also 29 touchdowns, which is tied third right now. Uh, Dylan Sutton and Archie, they missing a couple of games of stats, so I'm guessing Sutton is ahead of him at that point. So still fourth in the state. He's got more rushing touchdowns than Hay Necker, Drew Quinlan, Andrew Alarcon, guys in the state who are very good football players. He has more rushing touchdowns than him. He's really not even known to be a rusher first. Um, that was last year, Mac Anderson. He's not the athlete Anderson is, but he's quick in the open field, and he's kind of elusive there in a different kind of way. I know North Shelby kind of overran him a little bit too much there on Friday night. Uh, so they kind of regret doing it because he really kind of gashed him on the ground, taking off there on pass plays. So we'll see what happens there on uh, Friday, if Drexel can kind of keep him contained in the pocket and just make him find Keeney and Hare, and if Sears is out there, if Neptune can actually play some offense this game, if he can kind of limit them a little bit on the outside and make Hughes kind of beat him by himself, we'll see if that kind of happens or not, and what Hughes and what Northwest Livingston is going to do to counteract that as well. So I'm very intrigued by how that matchup is going to go back and forth. Um, Hughes has arguably been the best player in the state this year. I know it's it's kind of up for debate how do you kind of quantify that, but he does lead the state in touchdowns with 74. He's second in total yardage, and his team's winning. and They're winning a lot of games. He's the straw that stirs that drink there for that offense. And I'm just kind of curious how Drexel is going to limit him on offense. So this is very intriguing to me. Um, also, I want to mention this with Southwest Livingston. It's not just Hughes. 
as I said earlier, Chase Neptune is probably the best receiver in the state when healthy. He hasn't been healthy for a few weeks now. We're hoping, I'm hoping he can kind of play in this game so they can be at full strength versus Drexel. Um, Parker Keeney on the outside, Ethan Hare. Jaden Sears might be their best overall football player on that team. He's one of the best defensive ends in the state. He's a good center. He's a decent receiver. I mean, he can do it all for him. He's a very good athlete. He was their backup quarterback at one point when Hughes got hurt. Um, mainly a runner there at that point. But still, he's a guy who's just a really good athlete for him, and he's kind of a Swiss Army knife for whatever Coach Magruder wants to do over there at Southwest. So I'm very intrigued on how he's going to match up versus Drexel and how Drexel is going to kind of limit his effectiveness against them as well as much as you can with number 40 on the field. You have other guys there for Hughes for Livingston up front. I don't know why I keep saying Hughesville. Um, yeah. So thank you coach Dean and coach Magruder for as soon as I start talking about you guys, you guys do your gift war. I told you guys midnight. This is like 11 o'clock. I'm recording this. You guys just dang it. I was hoping you guys wouldn't do this tonight, but we're doing it anyways. Um, also other guys that I just kind of want to set up here for Livingston and give them a shout out here. Um, Owen H for them he's a monster up front for him as well only a junior he's fun to watch one of their few juniors they actually have um glenn holt morgan anderson um guy i haven't talked about yet but is a really good linebacker and a decent running back slash receiver for him as well patrick warren does a nice job for him he's a tough kid um so just they have a lot of really good players they have the most seniors to me team left um let's see if i have that if that's in this one or if that's in the other Sorry, I got too many sheets here. I'm going to pull up a senior thing I did for him real quick this year. Um, but I think coming down this game, I, I'm i leaning Southwest Livingston in this one. I just think at this point in the year, they've been my number one team all year long. I'm going to keep riding them all the way to a possible state championship here. Um, so let's see here. Drexel, they will have, I think, six senior students up today, maybe more. So you're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Gorsage, Harden, 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 Den, Irvin, Law, McKenzie, Sanders, and Tally. Um, and then, of course, for Southwest Livingston, there are, I think it's 11 seniors. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. So Anderson, Culliver, Hare, Hughes, Keeney, Kelchin. Neptune, Sears, Sturgeon, Warren, and Woodcock. So this is Livingston's year to win a state championship. I know last year they made the state title game. This year I think they're actually a better team despite losing Mac Anderson. Um, I did not think that earlier this year. North Andrew, they have six seniors. Chittam, Hannah, Linville, Thomas, Walker, and Wheeler. And then for Stanbury, only three seniors. Uh, Hingler, Sager, and Saxton. Stanbury's going to be a very good football team next year. And that's one thing I want to close up here. So I do have Southwest Livingston and North Andrew, the number one, two teams in our media poll. Uh, North Andrew one, Livingston two, of course. I had them flipped in my, in my ballot, but that's it, what we have right now. Uh, making the state championship game is what I have. Um, and I think that's a really intriguing matchup for those two teams. They play completely different styles. I'm kind of rooting for Livingston to win all this just because I kind of want to see a spread Past first team win a state championship. We don't think we've ever seen that really in eight man. Maybe some teams in the early 2000s, but none that I can remember of a team that's past first winning a state championship. I mean, last year, Mount City, they won a state title. They didn't throw a single pass in a state championship game. So we'll see how that kind of goes for this year. Um, and then going into next year, I know I got a couple of these questions um, through the 
Twitter, which I'll get to in just a minute. So I'm going to do that here um, on the back end with the mailbag. So that's it for the preview for these games. I think I hit enough players. I think these are four really good coaches with Hilton, Williams, Dean, and Magruder. Um, so they're, these two, te- these four teams have been four of the best teams all, all year, and I'm glad we got to this point where the best of the best are playing each other. I hope we all get games on Saturday, on Fridays. So that's what we have for the previews. I'll be back with the mailbag next. Okay, time for the mailbag first, of course. Coach uh, Hasten Camp over in Montgomery County, he used to coach Southland Nami Holt. He was the first um, person to kind of respond here. Usually is. Um, first question was, which cats are better, um, Coach Magruder's Wildcats or Coach Dean's Bobcats? I said this a little bit earlier, but I like Wildcats over Bobcats. But I will say this, that helmet that uh, Missouri Helmet Project put out of Drexel, with the old school bobcat on the side, if they went with that bobcat logo, ooh, that's a that's a sharp looking logo. But I do like the Wildcats a little better than this one. Uh, but it should be a great game um, there. Um, question two: Which phase of the game will lead to wins in both semifinals? Um, they always say defense wins championships, and I would tend to agree. But I think when you have four good defenses like this going into this time of year, I'm going to go with offense just because I want to. See, I need to know if Stanbury has enough offense to overtake North Andrew, um, and if Southwest Livingston's offense can lead them to a state championship berth again. So that's where I'm kind of leaning at right now. Um, and I think there's going to be a little more points scored in the Livingston-Drexel game than the Stanbury-North Andrew game. So we'll see what happens. It might come down to a stop, a late stop. We'll have to just see in that one. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. And how big is it that the Lewis and Clark Conference decided to keep Knox and Schuyler County as members? This allow eight man to grow in this conference. I think it does. I think it's a big move for those other schools to kind of recognize that hey, in a year or two, we might be in the same position that Knox and Schuyler are in right now, where we don't have enough kids to play eleven man. We have to go to eight man, and we don't want to be without a conference. So I think it kind of bridges that gap over to that real quick. And I think it's a great move by the conference. Um, and I think Knox and Skyler will be able to find some opponents this year. I know Skyler had to travel quite a bit this year, but it's kind of expected out of them. Um, hopefully they can kind of get North Shelby as a scheduling partner a bit as well. It's three teams that are somewhat close to each other now. So we'll see. And I think eight man is going to grow, keep growing in the Northeast. It just teams, schools have to get past the fact that, Oh, it's eight man football. Once they do that and they realize it's still football. I think more teams will drop down to get them, uh, a better competitive chance going forward. Uh, question four, who's your sneaky good teams going into next year? Uh, I thought about this a little bit, looking at just the seniors that are going to be graduating this year. Um, I think Albany's going to take a step back. I don't know if Alpine City is going to be that great next year. I think Archie's going to take a step back. Uh, LeBlanc, I think, will be okay next year. Bramers is a lot of kids. I'm kind of worried about them right now. Uh, Concordia lost a few kids, but there are three guys who are really important to their success this year. The Cavs are going to be down. Drexel is going to be really good again next year. I know they lose um, some really good players like Irvin and Law and Sanders and stuff like that, but they still have enough guys in Compton and Coffey, um, Mayfield, Munter, Popwell, Jaeger. I mean, they have enough guys. They'll be really good again next year uh, for Drexel. East Ashton only loses Headland and another kind of role player for them. I think they're going to be really good again next year. They're going to have to figure out a way to – Supplement Headland's offense for him, and then he's really he was really impactful on the defensive side as well. 
but EA won't have to rebuild as much as some of the other teams at 275 will. So I think EA might be the favorite going into the conference next season. Uh, Jasper, they got to replace their quarterback, their running back, another player. I think they're going to be pretty good again. I think they'll be better next year um, with um, Rivera, Rivera, and um, what's the other kid's name? The good running back. Oh man, give me one second here. Oh, what's your name, kid? Oh, Avalos. So yeah, they should be pretty good again next year. I think Jasper will kind of contend for that second spot in the conference behind Drexel. He's still still rebuilding. King City is going to be very good next year. Just they're going to be really good team. I, I King City, they don't really lose anything from this year's team. They're going to be very good next year. Uh, we saw this year they were able to play with some good teams this year as being just sophomores and juniors. They're going to be excellent next season. Uh, Liberal, they lose their best player and probably their third best player up front with Sperling and then losing Gunnar Miller. Uh, they still have the Morrow, the Morrow kid. Morrow, I can't always forget. Um, so they'll be okay next year. Um, they'll be enough to beat uh, Jasper next year or Drexel. So they'll probably fight for that third spot, maybe the fourth spot in the conference with Rich Hill. Uh, Mouncey losing Durr, Messer, Papa, Salisbury, Zimbles. It's a lot to lose there, but Mouncey's going to find a way to reload a little bit. And their injury situation can't be worse than it was this year. So we'll kind of see. And they'll be no, going in the year knowing they won't have Landon Papa. So I think they'll be okay next year. I don't know if they're going to be – top state contenders next year, but I think they're going to be really good again next year going forward. I think Norbert Harden Central is going to be pretty good next year. I'm not sure if they're going to win their conference good, but they're going to be more competitive with some better teams. Uh, North Andrew, they're going to have to rebuild again. I think their depth will be a little bit worse next year. I don't think they're going to be as quiet as good as they were this year, but I thought the same thing last year with them. So we'll see. North Shelby, only losing one kid in Lunsford. They got the other Lunsford kid coming back. Kale Stoneburner, Yulmeyer, Bender, Schwanky. They have a lot of good players coming back next year. North Shelby is one of my semi like co-favorites, kind of tri-favorites to win the state next year, uh, along with Drexel and Stanberry. I think it's going to be those three teams are going to be towards the top of the state next year. Uh, Northwest Hughesville, I think they're going to be really good next year. They lose Mason Locke, who they've been losing most of the year due to an injury. Um, the Tyson no, – I think it's Teicher kid. Teichner, I I asked him this when I was over at Hughesville. I forgot how to pronounce his name again. But he'll be back. They'll have Damlo, who was named the CRC MVP this past year. He's a pretty good little quarterback they have for him. Crooker. They'll and um, some other guys there on the outside. I like what they're doing next year. I think they'll be a year um, older and more mature. I think they'll be a good team next year and probably flirt with that top 10 ranking next year for Northwest Hughesville. Northwest Nauvoo, they're going to be a little bit of rebuild again. Uh, but I like they're going with the coaching staff at least. Oric, Oric's got to be better next year. I think there are going to be some changes there at the in the coaching staff. I think they'll be better. They're way too talented for how much they underachieved this year. Uh, with Buchanan and Miller and Stevenson coming back, they should be they should be much better next year. OCL, not much out of them. Pattonsburg, they got to replace a lot with Jones and Emig and Briggs all leaving to Young. That's a lot of guys to lose on the outside. They'll still have Reed. They'll still have um, the Langfit kid, but they got they got some work to do there at Pattonsburg to re, kind of reload over there. Uh, Platte Valley lost a lot of seniors, kind of tough for them after an injury-riddled season. Uh, Rich Hill loses their running back and a couple of guys up front. Uh, they weren't overly deep this past year, but they still have another Bridgewater kid. They still have McFrederick at quarterback, though I think they'll still be pretty good next year, probably fighting Jasper for that 2-3 seed there in the conference behind Drexel. 
Rockport, they got to replace Joey Heron, but they had some young kids who were doing pretty good this past towards the end of the year. So I think Rockport will be decent going into next year. Lutheran, they got to replace their best running backs, lost defensive player Cade Nolson, a couple of guys up front. But the way they play over there, I think they're going to be solid kind of going forward. Santa Fe, they're losing a lot of production, but I'm not sure how they're going to build behind that next year. So Santa Fe is kind of a mystery to me for next season. Uh, Skyler, they're still rebuilding. South Holt and going to take a dip. They're going to losing Drew Quinlan, Nowling, Schutz, Steiner, Coleman. Losing those guys is going to hurt, but I think they have enough of a buildup of juniors and sophomores behind them that are solid. I think next year going in, them and Mount Sierra are fighting for that second spot in the conference behind East Atchison going into 2021. I think they're going to be really good. I think the Nolan kid, who's a freshman this past year at quarterback, can be a sophomore next year. I think he's a pretty good little athlete for him. They'll have James Hur coming back. Uh, this will have Phelan and Harris and Scroggins. Um, Clay Hansen's going to be for them there next year. I think they're going to be a solid team next year. This is their best chance to win a state championship. It was this year. I think they're still going to be a solid team going into next year. They're never going to be bad under Coach Peterson. I just don't know if they're going to be as good as they were this year because Quinlan was that good of a player and kind of put them over the top. Southwest Livingston, I'm worried about them for next year because they lose 11 seniors who are all big impact guys. They're not overly deep. So I'm hoping they can kind of reboot a little bit next year. I think Coach McGregor is a good coach. I think they're going to stay in the top half of the conference. But I think it's that fourth spot in the conference um, behind the top three in EA, South Illinois, Holt, Mound City, and then Livingston 4 with Rockport kind of in that situation. Um, I just kind of worry about them. Just a lot of great athletes they got to replace, and that's going to be tough. I know they replaced Mac Anderson with all these guys, but now they got to replace 11 athletes. Um, that's tough to do on an eight-man field. When you, already have, don't have a, when you already don't have a very deep roster to begin with. So, uh, Stewart's Philosborn, don't know a whole lot about them. Stanbury, as I said earlier, they're one of my three favorites to go to state next year with North Shelby and Drexel. Um, and then Worth County, they got to replace Alarcon. But I think Worth County's be better again next year. I think this was just a weird year for them. And I think a year off season will help them kind of rejuvenate. Um, what combo teams makes the most intriguing matchup from the state championship game? I picked Livingston versus North Andrew. I think it's the two best teams. But I think a Drexel-North Andrew final would be a lot of fun. So I think there's two teams that play very similar styles. And I think it'd be really interesting to see well, the Northern Blue Blood Powers and North Andrew, who is one of the best three programs in the state, I think, with Worth County and Mount City, with Stanbury right there with them, versus a Drexel team that's up and coming, second year in the state, in the, in the class, trying to establish themselves. I think that would be a very interesting and kind of dynamic matchup with that one. Because I've said this all year, no team south of DeKalb or west of Worth County has won a state championship game. Heck, Livingston would be the farthest one east and south, I really think, there as well. So Livingston and Drexel trying to make history this week. Um, and North Andrew and Stanbury trying to continue history kind of deal with this. So I think all four matches would be pretty interesting. I think Livingston-Stanbury has the least amount of flair to it. So if I rank the four, it would probably be for just like best storylines. I'd still probably go Southwest North Andrew, Drexel North Andrew, uh, North. So both North Andrew games. That would probably go Drexel Stanbury and then Southwest Stanbury is how I'd kind of rank the four, the four most intriguing matchups in my opinion. Um, and who is your potential breakout player for next season? Um, I think Jackson Miller from. Orcs and get a lot more buzz next year because I think he's going to get utilized a little better. Um, other breakout players, uh, I already said the Nolan kid from South Illinois is going to be, I think, come on the scene pretty well there. 
Um, I think the Tubbs kid from Mount C is going to make a name for himself next season. I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think of other big names. Merriweather is already kind of on the scene. Trying to think who else I can name here that would probably. I think Gladstone kind of returns back to the, what he was last season for Worth County and kind of makes them a little more well known. I think the younger Herring kid from Rockport could possibly do that. Um, let's just kind of name a few there. So we'll kind of just see. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to come out in left field next year. Kind of we saw with West Hughes. So unless someone kind of transfers in, we'll have to kind of see. Um, Owen H from Southwest Livingston. Not a question, but he said, I got socks with all my coaches' faces on them. He said, yeah, I have a pair coming in with your face on them too now. Hopefully they're here by Friday with a laughing face. Owen, I really do hope they're there by Friday because I want to see them and take a picture of them as well. And this would be the farthest my face has been on a football field in postseason history because the farthest I've ever made it was the second round. Um, so that'd be very intriguing there. Cause in my freshman year, before we switched over to the, um, my sophomore year was whenever, before we switched over to the, every team in the playoffs So my junior and senior year, every team in the playoffs, um, my junior year, we beat, we either beat somebody or got a buy in the first round. We played Mount State second round lost to them. And then my senior year, we beat CFX in the first round and we lost to Stanbury in the second round. So the second round of districts is the farthest I ever got in the football field as a player. So if my face gets on there on your socks in the state semifinal, that's an honor for me. Um, so thank you guys. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to get a picture of those socks. That's, that's just pretty sweet. And uh, good job, Owen. You've been a pretty good player this year. And you come back as a senior next year is going to have to really lead that team. So I look forward to that again next year. But worry about this year and go win that state championship for the Wildcats. Um, Owen Magruder, or Magruder, sorry. I uh, said, get did Coach Phil Dean notice any loss of strength after shaving his beard? Um, that's going to be a question that Phil's got to answer. Um, but I have noticed when I've played some pickup basketball with Phil that he's been a step slower since he lost some of that beard hair. So maybe, maybe he lost a little bit. Uh, coach Drew Smith from Archie said, how many turnovers will happen in the Southwest Livingston Drexel game? I'm hoping less than what happened in the Archie Drexel game. Um, and from what I heard, Southwest Livingston had a few turnovers there versus North Shelby as well. I say the over under at five. Probably somewhere in that range. I think just, just young kids are bound to make some mistakes. Uh, Hughes would probably throw a pick or two just because Drexel's pretty good in the in the back end. But I think overall it's going to be pretty even. I don't think it's going to be a big discrepancy of one team turn the ball over five times the other team once. I think it's going to be pretty even there going forward. And then, oh, what time are you recording so Coach Orr and I can have a gift off? Yeah, you guys already did that. Um and then Anthony Crane asks, why does Coach Phil like uh, Christopher Tenpenny more than us? Uh, <laughs> and, of course, he works down there at the Cass County – let me make sure I have – the South Cass Tribune in Harrisonville. Uh, Christopher does. Make sure you guys give him a follow. Um, it's Tenpenny88. He does a great job of hosting there with – covering Drexel and Archie down there, along with Harrisonville as well. Um, I got to talk to him a little bit there at the Drexel Archie game. He's a good guy to talk to. He's probably going to be on the media poll next year. Um, and kind of talking back and forth with him. I think it's because he covers Archie a little bit more. I mean, Anthony, I think right now the the order for our three goes Christopher, me, you, because I, I've been to, I've seen Drexel play twice this year. You just went down for training camp for a day for practice. I was there for an actual game and a jamboree. So I don't know. I've been down there at Drexel. I go see Coach Dean about every week to play basketball. So. I think I'm higher up on the list than you are um, there personally, so I don't know. 
what's kind of going on there. But that's the questions I had there for the mailbag. I don't think I had any more. Let me check to see. I don't see more there. Let me check Facebook real quick. I don't think we had any comments on the Facebook for it either. Nope, I'm not seeing any. So let me see. Yeah, no questions there. Um, so, yeah, thanks, guys, for the questions. Hope I was able to answer that enough. Um, yeah, this has been a great year. I've been really proud of the kids. Um, if you guys have a chance, go to my 8-Man Football on Facebook or Twitter. Give us a like, a follow, all that good stuff. Also, check out that thing I had for the seniors. There were 175 seniors you got to play this year. When in the beginning of the year, we didn't know if they were going to play or not. So 175 kids. Um, I put them in order. One of them is by teams. The other one's by last name, alphabetically. Um, just kind of a, an epitome of what happened this year. And all the kids who busted their butts in the offseason to get a play this year. Um, it was a, I covered a lot of these kids for four years. Um, some of them were just one, some of them for two, depending on when they came down to eight. Man, I've seen most of these kids play live. Uh, they deserve our recognition for this. This is why I do this for these kids, uh, for the coaches who coach these kids, and for the parents. Um, I really appreciate you guys' love for all the stuff I do for covering them. Um, but that's all I got for this podcast. I will be in Ludlow on Friday night for Drexel at Southwest Livingston. Again, my picks are Southwest Livingston over Drexel in a close game, North Andrew semi-comfortably over Stanbury, um, and then I will probably have Livingston over North Andrew in the state championship game um, is my prediction as of right now. But according to Twitter, you guys think it goes North Andrew, Livingston, Drexel, Stanbury um, as the most likely to win state this year. Um but I think if Drexel, if they beat Southwest, I give them a really good chance to beat North Andrew in the state championship game. And, of course, teams stay healthy. Coaches, good luck preparing. And I will see um, people over at Ludlow. So if you are going to the game on Lud- to Ludlow, uh, hit me up. Let me know so I can say hi to you uh, from a socially distanced area. At least there will wear a mask and all that good stuff. But good luck to all the teams this Friday. And that's all I got for you guys for Straight Up Sports. Mm-hmm.